Hello and welcome to Investment Week's brand new Outlook for 2022 podcast series, where today we will be focusing on UK equities. My name is Elliot Gullivan-Needham and I am a reporter at Investment Week. I am delighted today to be joined by Simon Murphy, manager of the VT Tyndall Real Income Fund, Andrew Bell, CEO of the Witten Investment Trust, and Alexandra Jackson, manager of Rathbone UK Opportunities Fund. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. Uh, so, Andrew, uh, when you're looking forward to 2022, uh, mm-hmm. what are you expecting compared to what we were expecting at the start of 2021? Well, it sounds a bit strange, but I, I, I think I'm expecting 2022 to be what we hoped 2021 would have been, and a year earlier, what we hoped 2020 would be, because you know, two years ago, everyone was anticipating a broadening improvement of economic growth, you know, the market's focus moving on from the US to something a bit broader, and that was stymied by the pandemic. And then this year, we had a couple of months or so of full-blooded discounting of recovery, and then suddenly, you know, China went into lockdown, various, you know, the Delta variant came along. So we had another year of disappointment. Now, obviously, this is heavily, you know, at risk of sort of um, hostage to fortune. But as we go into the beginning of next year, populations, at least in developed countries, are more vaccinated. Um, we've still got massively stimulative monetary policy. We're arguing about whether rates go up by 20 or 30 bips, but you're still talking about zero interest rates. Fiscal policy is still pretty propulsive. And I think there's a reasonable chance that next year there'll be a bit more synchronizing between the US, the European, the UK, and even maybe the Asian uh, recoveries. So I'm actually really quite bullish. Um, Obviously, a lot of Good news is discounted in some bits of the markets, but there are large swathes of the market, and the UK happens to be one that's got lots of stocks like that, which are really quite cheaply rated. If if next year proves to be a year of full-blooded recovery, and you know, I, I, I think the consensus forecasts are something like four or five percent GDP growth, four or five percent inflation. Well, we don't really much like the inflation, but an economy growing at eight to ten percent nominal is one in which uh, corporate profits should be able to do quite well. Great. And uh, Alexandra, what, what are you kind of seeing as the key headwinds for UK investors over the next year? Yeah, I think there are some stumbling blocks out there. Um, I'm excited uh, for this full-blooded recovery to come, though, as Andrew said. That sounds great if we can get that. You know, we can clearly see Omicron and central bank tightening kind of looming at the moment. So that's going to throw markets around a bit, I think, for now. Um, Specifically in the UK, um, the Bank of England could end up maybe tightening just as inflation peaks uh, and maybe as growth um, hits a bit of an air pocket. Um, You know, when I look at this month's Uh, inflation numbers, 5.1%. I can't see too many upward pressures in there that would actually be solved by rising interest rates, uh, by, you know, raising rates, Um, energy, utility bills, those aren't things that domestic monetary policy can impact. Um, When I look at longer term uh, inflation expectations, actually, they look quite well anchored. And then the market is already expecting kind of 100 basis points or so of tightening over 2022. So actually, there isn't probably too much room for a a kind of hawkish surprise from the Bank of England. So that 
and as Andrew says, you know, 20 or 30 basis points, we're not, we're not arguing about a lot. Um, so actually that sets the market up quite nicely, hopefully. Um, sustained high wage inflation is definitely something we're watching out for, um, you know, alongside central banks as well, for sure. Um, and then, you know, a worse outcome from Omicron, surely, uh, uh, and another new variant, that would be, um, you know, a negative, definitely. Um, you can reflect that in your positioning, I think, if you own, you know, the kind of reliable, resilient names. Um, and when, and then when in doubt, we kind of, if you go back to the companies and ask them, you know, what they're seeing, what management teams are, are telling us, um, they're nervous, definitely, about Omicron, but they're, they're cautiously pretty optimistic um, about 2022. A little bit like you said, Adri, it was like last year was sort of put on ice. Um, uh, so they're hoping that, you know, this year is the year when it actually, you know, when things come through and they can start getting back to normal. Um, one of the overriding themes from those that produced the strongest results this earnings season, I think, was that they'd invested ahead of time in inventory. Um, so those, you know, really cash generative, high return businesses look um, set quite fair, I would say. Great. And uh, Simon, kind of carrying on from that question, what, what do you see as the, the tailwinds for UK? What are the, the positives we should be looking for? Yeah, uh, well, I think there are plenty of positives, actually. I was quite quite pleased to hear Andrew's opening statement. It's not, I, I feel sometimes like I'm in a little bit of a minority being pretty bullish about the outlook for the UK, really. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we've, we are recovering from the pandemic. There are fits and starts and, and obviously new variants come along and so forth. But we are growing. Corporate earnings have recovered quite strongly this year. Uh, balance sheets are, are in good shape. Consumer balance sheets are in good shape. We've accumulated something like £220 billion of excess liquidity on, on consumer balance sheets through the pandemic. Bank, bank balance sheets obviously are in very good shape, which is just unusual when you come out of a you know a difficult economic period as well. So there are lots and lots of, uh, of positives, I think. Uh, and as Alexandra said, you know when you talk to corporates, whilst it, uh, of course they're nervous in the very short term because we don't quite know the extent of Omicron, but um, in general they're quietly optimistic. We've got we've had things like the supply chain bottlenecks this year, which have been a drag to growth, which should start to alleviate next year maybe some of those persist a bit longer in semiconductors and so forth but but on the whole uh, i think uh, the outlook for, for for 2022 should be pretty pretty robust and and the unemployment uh, scenario is, is is robust income growth is still strong the housing market has surprised everyone through the pandemic and continues to be pretty robust as well all of those things taken together suggests to me that the UK outlook, barring a, you know, a, a terrible mutant variant of, uh, of COVID, uh, uh, looks pretty good for next year. Great. Uh, so now I'm going to ask each of you to pick out one particular theme or sector that you're kind of be paying close attention to, maybe overweighting in your portfolio. Um, so should we start with Andrew? Yes, I, I think I think there's a sort of a six month story and hopefully a one or two year story. The six month story is quite focused on the sort of reopening theme that's that's been very stop and start in 2021, where you know restaurants were locked down, then they reopened, and then they're sort of semi restricted. Airlines have had a terrible time of it, and I think there's room if we if we and the big if is obviously if we are going to see COVID move off the front pages and a combination of vaccines and therapeutics mean that that the, you know that it's it's less of a it's less of a problem for us then I think we should see a, a post any sort of January um, hiccup in economic growth 
I think we should see a, a really good recovery from some of those service sectors, the restaurant, hospitality and travel. I think the, 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 the better play for the medium term is curiously enough in a sector which most people have hated for the last 10 or 20 years, partly, you know, which is the banks and, and, and other financials, because we're in an environment where the capital strength of the banks is a lot stronger. There's a, a fairly uh, um, strong rocket behind uh, economic growth. Uh, there seems to be a, a more um, forgiving attitude from the from politicians and, and regulators. They're not being blamed for this particular crisis. And in, in the background, the likelihood is that interest rates are going to start going up, which should improve their net interest margin. So you've got a period where lending growth is reasonably substantial, bad debt should be under control because the economy is motoring along okay, and the net interest margin starts expanding. Uh, these stocks, for all that they, they always find a way of tripping themselves up, but they, they look more soundly based uh, for a contrarian investor than I can remember in the last 20 or 30 years. Brilliant. Thanks. And uh, Alexandra, do you have a particular uh, theme or sector that you're paying attention to? Yeah, so I've been thinking kind of domestically and then on a more global um, basis for the fund for next year. So domestically, we are still really liking the, uh, you know, parts of the property sector. So warehousing in particular, where, you know, this has been a huge COVID winner for sure. And we've seen that reflected in some of the prices, some of the premiums that these names trade on now. Um, but actually what we see is that, you know, the supply chains um, that Simon mentioned, those bottlenecks and issues have actually meant that people are much keener to hold more inventory and hold it more onshore and are slightly closer to their end consumer. So actually we can see um, the supply demand dynamics getting even more favorable for those who own warehouses. Um, it's still not really worth building a new warehouse, um, but yet the demand is, is through the roof and the likes of Amazon are, are really adding to that. So actually you could see very strong rental growth continuing from these um, companies next year. So that's the sort of domestic side for us. Um, and, and the good news is you can you can kind of play this in a very liquid large cap FTSE 100 name, but there's also lots of um, interesting little niche mid caps and small caps as well. So that keeps us interested. And then the other thing is, you know, again, we're led by our companies and the conversations we've been having this quarter have been obviously around wage inflation a lot. Um, you know, CEOs say, you know, the wage inflation in this particular niche was absolutely staggering and you know that makes us quite nervous but then you know overall it's been manageable and the long-term answer to this wage inflation is productivity gains so um, we've seen a big uptick actually in CFOs wanting to reinvest their cash flows their surplus capital next year into um, capital expenditure so nowadays that means digitization automation data it's not about factories and tools so much anymore so we can play this through some um, UK listed tech names, Knos, for example, helping the government to digitise, um, Bytes, helping corporates to digitise, GB Group, ensuring we can all transact safely online. Um, it can be quite hard, sure, to access some of these, you know, tidal wave trends in uh, the top end of the FTSE 100, for sure. Um, so you do have to look in the, in the small caps as well. Brilliant. Thanks. And uh, finally, Simon, do you have a particular sector or uh, theme that you'll be paying attention to next year? Yeah, I mean, I would agree uh, with Andrew's comment in, in the opening uh, sort of part of next year around around the reopening theme. Uh, we're particularly focused on trying to identify those franchises that have actually got competitively stronger through the pandemic as their weaker peers have, have really struggled. And, and so we'll come out the other side eventually 
uh, in a much stronger competitive position than I would put an example like WH Smiths or someone, someone like that in, in that sort of category. And I do think next year will be the full reopening year um, and we move from pandemic to endemic and, uh, and, and stop seeing COVID on, on the news at 10 every single night. Um, but more broadly, I think we ought to see the market sort of broaden out. And, and, and I call this thing sort of valuation reversion because we, we know for the last 10 plus years, really, that there's been this big disconnect between the, so, the perceived winners and losers. And that, that applies across a whole multitude of sectors. And you've seen really, really high valuations applied to companies that are perceived to be winners, irrespective of which sector they're in. And, and, and conversely, pretty low valuations to many others. So I'm expecting if we do see some good growth and, and full reopening and everything else aligned with you know, probably some inflation that's, that stays higher for longer and possibly some you know, modest increase in interest rates, I expect that valuation reversion to start to play out. Now, I know we've called this sort of theme potentially for the last few years, but I think 2022 will be the year that we'll, we'll, we'll see that. And so yeah, for one of a better phrase, that the so-called value trade will, will, will probably work quite well next year. Brilliant. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for joining me.